Hi, this is Matt. Hi, this is uh, Sam Brash. I um, I'm here to get tested. I believe I'm. So right May um, last week I did something okay. maybe a little strange, and and I really did it because of uncertainty around the coronavirus. My own uncertainty. Gonna get my blood drawn in my car. Gonna get my blood drawn in my car. What is happening? What are we hearing right now? <laughs> okay, so have you heard about these like serology tests, these antibody tests? I think so. These are the tests that like they don't tell you whether you are sick right now, right? They tell you whether you've been sick. Exactly, right. They tell okay. you whether your immune system has responded to the disease. So mm-hmm. in February, my dad and I went to Portugal. And when I came back, I was really sick. I had a cough, a fever, body aches, like the whole deal. So you you have reason to take the test. Yeah. I had, re- I had reason yeah. to be curious, right? Are you in the parking area? Yeah. Tell me where I should be, though. I'm, I'm in the sort of like drive uh, drive through. It was really weird, right? Like you drive to this random parking lot, pay 84 bucks over a credit card. Are you guys waiting to be drawn? Okay, I'm gonna have Betty come out and draw you. And And then a woman comes out in like a mask and a gown and draws (laughs) your blood through your driver's side window. Okay, here we go. So just a single vial blood draw? Yes. Whoa, okay, that is wild <laughs> it's weird it's wild yes yeah, so did you get your test results i did i am negative okay so no antibodies you haven't had covid19 right. there's no chance though that you're immune to it and you paid almost 90 dollars for that right which i feel like really summed up the last couple of months for me because you know <laughs> that when i'm not working on this podcast I'm a science reporter, so I've been writing a lot about the coronavirus, mm-hmm. and the experts I'm talking to, it's, it is kind of striking like how few solid answers they have to very basic questions about the disease, like mm-hmm. how it started, how it spreads, even how it kills people. So does that uncertainty bother you? Because I know sure. it would bother me. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, we're reporters, right? We want answers. We want answers. That's <laughs> right. If scientists can't figure it out, who can? <laughs> yeah, and I think I was there with you. But over the course of the last two months, I've sort of realized that people are offering answers. They're just not good ones. Is that 5G damages the human immune system. Yes, uh, this is some kind of eugenics uh, agenda. Animal-born coronavirus may have originated in a laboratory. In the if you go online, there's no shortage of conspiracy theories. Come on, you're really saying we have to choose between total uncertainty and looking for answers in crazy conspiracy theories? No, I guess this episode, I want to get into how to navigate uncertainty and why it's okay, like even crucial sometimes, just to accept that you don't know. From Colorado Public Radio, this is At a Distance. Your guide to life in a pandemic. I'm May Ortega, unsure of my corona antibody count. And I'm Sam Brash, almost certainly a susceptible member of the population. So to understand how to deal with uncertainty, we spoke to Jevin West. I am now the director of the Center for an Informed Public at the University of Washington. And Jevin, he deals with the consequences of corona uncertainty all day, every day. We track hundreds of millions of tweets 
around topics like COVID and try to identify where rumors are spreading and especially the rumors that have severe consequences on people's health. And so we have been up day and night in our center tracking rumors and conspiracy theories and misinformation more generally around COVID. Jeez, that's crazy. I mean, how did this become your job? I got there partly because I spend a lot of time thinking about science itself, sort of turning the microscope on science and studying it as an institution and how we come to answers around very difficult questions. And I realized that the best thing that we could teach our students is how we as scholars and researchers have come to identify misinformation that comes kind of cloaked in data and in media and on the internet in all forms. Right. And I think it's worth mentioning, you started this new effort, the Center for an Informed Public, I think in December. So you had no idea that something like a pandemic might be around the corner, right? No idea. No idea. And we really Hmm. did start this center because of expertise we had at our university. So this is something that we were probably trying to prepare for 10 years, 20 years in the future, and it happened two months later. <laughs> well, I think that's that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you, because you know I'm a science reporter when I'm not hosting this podcast. And the thing that struck me covering it is just how much like real scientific uncertainty there is around what's happening. How does that sort of uncertainty create the potential for misinformation and disinformation? We don't communicate science or uncertainty very well. And now we're in an environment where there's lots of uncertainty. And so it's really difficult in these uncertain environments that need quick answers for science to just come up with the answer. So who comes to the rescue? It's the propagandists. It's the opportunists. Hmm. And also the honest person just trying to sort things out because they're trying to do sense-making and try to figure out what to do to deal with their family and friends and the health of themselves. What are some other conspiracies or misinformation that you're seeing online about the virus? It turns out it's a harder question than you would think in trying to get at that because we have all the conversations on Twitter that we've collected around COVID and you can look at hashtags or or frequency of terms. The bioweapon conspiracy has been very stable since the very beginning, stable in a bad way. And Um, what is that one about? The the bioweapon conspiracy is the um, conspiracy that this virus was created to cause havoc, that was sort of synthetically created in a laboratory. Deadly animal-borne coronavirus may have originated in a laboratory in the city of Wuhan linked China's covert biological weapons program. The 5G conspiracy is way up there. The theory is that 5G damages the human immune system. All of us should know what's taking place right under our noses. One thing we've seen in our data and others that study this have seen, you know, Bill Gates, for example, has become a central character. He's kind of, kind of become the next sort of George Soros in that he's identified as the sort of mastermind behind this because he wants us all to take vaccinations. He's really been a new big target in this COVID crisis. Um, you know, the, the thing that keeps coming back to my mind about uh, Bill Gates in this arena is uh, this is some kind of eugenics uh, agenda that he has uh, in mind. And just to be clear, those are all total conspiracies with pretty much no supporting evidence. But when it comes to people who are just reading the news, do you have thoughts about how they can sort 
the good information from that bad information? Really, there is no simple answer. This is this is something you learn over a lifetime of consuming information, I think. Um, but one thing is, if you read something that evokes an emotion of some sort, a strong emotion, anger, sadness, fear, then you should be a little bit concerned about what it's saying. I would just take a, mm. a second look at it, sort of source it. That emotional evoking response is something that the propagandists and the opportunists are well aware of, and they use it a lot. And the mm. algorithms delivering our content and the recommender systems on media sites and you know on our social media platforms those algorithms have been running experiments and also know that. So be aware of those kinds of things. Do you have anything else uh, reassuring to offer about how to get comfortable living with uncertainty, specifically during this pandemic? You have a lot of smart people that have spent their entire life dealing with this kind of scenario that now is a real scenario. What gives me confidence is that we do have some of the best doctors and medical professionals out there doing the best they can. I think our information environment includes a lot of misinformation, a lot of disinformation, but there's also a lot of good reporting and a lot of good science out there too. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like you're saying like, be skeptical, but understand that people have like real expertise in some things. Absolutely. There's good science out there and we just need to sometimes rely on gatekeepers to help us with it. And that's the journalists and the experts that spend their career working on this. All in all, Jevin has some specific ideas for how to grapple with uncertainty without falling for quick answers that aren't actually true. So here are some ideas about how you can consume news and information these days. And the first thing is, if you're feeling overwhelmed by uncertainty about this pandemic, a good way to start is not to jump down a Twitter or YouTube rabbit hole. Be careful about how you consume information and how much. You're not going to get anything new by refreshing your browser every minute or every second. Next, check multiple sources for whatever information you're taking in. This will kind of pad your assurance that what you're reading is accurate, especially if that something seems too good or too bad to be true. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Another tip, note when scientists say that they are uncertain. Just because they've done research and they publish certain things doesn't mean that that's the end of the line. Not all answers are solid and final right now. This particular pandemic doesn't happen overnight. This is something that's going to continue, and it takes a long time for us to sort out what's true and what's not. And lastly, when you're reading up on something, think about the writer's motive. Are they trying to sell you something or scare you or actually trying to clear things up? If something seems sketchy or selfish, that just might be the case. The propagandists distrust institutions and opportunists, the snake oil salesmen, the people that are you know, providing the next elixir. Be careful of that kind of news. So long story short, be wary and really just do some critical thinking when you're learning something new these days. So May, I'm curious, like after talking to Jevin, do you kind of see what I was getting at? You don't have to choose between just like throwing up your hands and admitting, I don't know anything about this virus or embracing these nutso conspiracy theories. 
Right. It's more about the healthy skepticism in between. But Sam, I will point out that you were the one so bothered by uncertainty. You paid for a test that didn't really get rid of your uncertainty. Right. So then how do you live with it? I mean, I think it's what Jevin said. We want answers to basic questions. That's totally natural. But Mm -hmm. if science has any lesson for people on a personal level, I think it's that when you don't know something, you don't run away from that uncertainty. You define it with expert opinion and studies and numbers and observations. Yeah, just know what you don't know. Exactly. Accept uncertainty because at the end of the day, that's probably what's going to actually get you closer to the truth. All right, we'll leave it there. At a Distance is a podcast from CPR News. It's hosted by me, Sam Brash. And me, May Ortega. Our producer is Rebecca Romberg. Our executive producer is Kevin Dale. Brad Turner is our head of audio innovations, and he wrote our theme music. Yes, he did. And additional music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Please, please rate and review at a distance if you use Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. We're really glad to see a lot of reviews coming in this last week. I'm so glad Mm -hmm. people are finding the show and liking it. And if you do the same, you can help people find the show too. Colorado Public Radio journalists are here for you to report on this pandemic. We're speaking to health experts and helping to make sense of our changing world. This would not be possible without CPR members. Support our work with a donation at CPR.org. And thank you. Thank you.